0: Is that looking up into your bedroom? Yeah. What? That's uh, like, that's cool, but that's not cool.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know?
1: Hey, this is really cool. Can I see into your room? Yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs> like, it looks pretty, but it's weird.
1: It's so weird.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I don't know how to feel about it, and I'm mildly uncomfortable.
0: I just don't get it. Like, why would you?
1: I think it's to, I don't know. Yeah. It's like in the bathroom. There's like a window. Because you've got the greenhouse area with all the plants. Mm-hmm. And you can see directly from the kitchen into the bathroom with all those windows open. Right. So you could see someone showering. Yeah. And like, luckily, I live with my partner, which mm-hmm. makes it a sort of safe. Because <laughs> <laughs> if I saw anyone else naked in the shower, I'd probably be like, this is really uncomfortable. I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> the things we do podcast a podcast about film life television culture mental health and all of that fun jazzy stuff today I've got my special guest Rihanna Batemans hello
0: hi hi um, um yeah I realized we hadn't done that yet yeah we hadn't
1: we hadn't done the <laughs> just interview just having a
0: good chat we
1: were just having a great chat um so
0: because
1: <laughs> because I know who you are now and we've known each other for a bit now tell everyone on the wonderful ears on the internet who you are and what you do.
0: Um, I'm a human. <laughs> <laughs> Good to know. Yeah. Um. Okay. So yeah, I'm Rihanna, and I like a lot of people do a lot of things. Um, yeah. I don't think there's any one thing that defines me. You know, I'm an actor. I am a singer. I teach singing and acting. Yeah. I do some voiceover, and I'm hoping to move more into that space. Yeah. Um, and I am training to be an Alexander Technique teacher. Yes. Which is uh, my big exciting thing. Yes. um, Very much a pivot that I found just before COVID. Yeah. And then have found a lot of excitement and fulfillment from.
1: Yeah. Through it. Yeah. You are like me in that way. You've found sort of odd, like good things from COVID mm. and the experience of it. You've sort of found more things that you have been able to work on yourself. Yes. Um. Because, yeah, like w- tell the people out there what exactly the Alexander Technique is.
0: Yeah, so Alexander Technique is a way of helping you help yourself um, where you can get out of your own way. Yeah. So you can do what you're doing but better because we often, you know, we get told certain things by teachers like sit up straight or when you uh, play the piano, you need to have your shoulders in this position. mm and they might've been doing that to be helpful at some point, but often we internalize those to do other things. We might tighten too much mm. in order to play the piano yeah. or uh, like a lot of students sitting up straight actually becomes this over straightening where we cause a lot of um, tension through our back, mm. and leads to back pain because we've all got this idea. And this is the thing. If someone's heard of Alexander technique, you might think it's about posture and good posture. Um, and it is about your posture, but not in the sense of like good posture, the way we yeah. think of it, because standing well and moving well is not this over-straightening. It's your arms actually in front of your body. They're not behind you. Um, and it's really useful for actors mm. because honestly, it allows you to listen, which I think most people know good acting is reacting. Mm. Um, if you're sitting there being like, how do I feel? You're probably not that helpful to your scene partner. Mm. Um, But it allows you to have this openness to the audience, to the other actors, to the camera if you're working on film that is just so amazing.
1: Mm, Yeah. And, like, you
0: still do it with your scene work. You still do your Stanislavski. You still do whatever your method is. Yeah. It just helps that.
1: (laughs) uh, Because when was that technique made? Like, when was it created?
0: Um, so the man who created it, his name was, his last name was Alexander, actually not first name, um, F.M. Alexander, mm-hmm. Frederick Matthias. I know, right? <laughs> what a
1: name. Sounds
0: like I'm about to say the 1800s, but it's actually <laughs> early 1900s.
1: With a name like that. I know,
0: right? <laughs> um, so he was an Australian actor. Wow. Oh. Um, so he did like oration and stuff. Yep, yep, yep. And he was finding, he was losing his voice on stage. Yeah. He was like, what's going on? Went to doctors, they were like. Oh, just don't speak for three weeks and then you'll be fine. And then he gets back on stage and halfway through he's losing his voice again. Mm. And so he did all this work on himself, which is a big thing in Alexander Technique. It's not like um, a chiropractor or something where you can just go and get treatment. Yeah. You have to do the work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And in a lot of ways, I can see a lot of similarities with like positive psychology stuff. Yeah. Um, Because it's, your brain and your body affect each other, obviously. Um, yeah. And so if you, if your thoughts are, I can't get on that stage because I'm really scared of the audience, your body's going to reflect that. Yeah. So part of the work is up there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he was working on himself and realized that he was tightening his feet
1: oh. and that was causing
0: tension all the way up through his body and affecting in through his throat and he was losing his voice. Wow. And so his idea was that, I think he said within 50 years, um, people wouldn't need a heap of healthcare because everyone would have this, would understand this yeah. about how to use their body well. Yeah. And wouldn't have all these unnecessary tension issues.
1: Right. Yeah. Wow.
0: Yeah, it's amazing. Um, And it's, yeah, some of that tension can be things like you broke your ankle, you know, yeah. and then maybe it took ages to heal and you learn to walk in a different way. And just when it got better, you still walked that different way. Yeah. Which has put pressure on other parts of your body.
1: Yeah. I mean, that that, that does make sense. Mm.
0: And <laughs> i found as someone who like uh, didn't have really good proprioception. Uh, so like awareness of my body in space. For yeah. Husband, that word. Um, <laughs> like a lot of people, I would just kind of walk into the corner of a wall sometimes as yeah. a teenager. It's given me more proprioception.
1: Yeah. Right. For, yeah. Okay. Because yeah, you... The, you the, I just like the idea of you walking into a wall. It's very, like, (laughs) highly amusing. Uh, But no, I mean, like, it's interesting as well because it. it, I think when you say, like, techniques and stuff, it's always kind of interesting because there's probably this, like, side of everyone going, oh, is that going to be, like, completely changing who I am? Or, you know, or or redefining myself? Mm -hmm. But it's sort of, like, just about understanding yourself more. um, Which is very... Very interesting. Is it is it clearly though only a, and like can only be used for acting and performing, or is no. it can be used for anything?
0: It can be used for anything. It actually used to be covered by private health cover. Really? Yeah. It was one of the things that got cut off in like 2017 when they removed <laughs> a bunch of stuff. Um,
1: <laughs> love Love that.
0: Which is mainly just there's not enough research done yep. on how it helps with pain and health issues. Yeah. Um. So the studies that have been done, they show it helps with chronic back pain, chronic neck pain. Yep which makes sense because the main thing is that freedom uh, between the head and the spine. Yeah. So the neck is one of the first things you release. As someone who had chronic neck pain from seven years old, had seen like lots of, you know, chiros, osteos, all of that. Like my osteo commented on how much better. Um, Like everything was just mechanical tightness from laptops. Wow. When I saw her after three months of working on it. Yeah. Um, Whereas previously it was just this tightness all through my neck. Wow um so there have also been studies done on parkinson's, and it does help with parkinson's with actually um getting more like use out of your hands like yeah, lowering um the tremors, yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah it just it just needs more studies huh. it's it's it does help especially with chronic pain issues where you've there's nothing wrong anymore, yeah where the pain has been treated, it can help with uh, releasing the tension that is built up around that pain. Yeah. Or with, um, so if you've got, say, osteoarthritis in one of your knees, it's not going to get rid of that. <laughs> yeah. You're not magically going to not have that and not have pain in your knee. Yeah. But it can help you coordinate better around that pain so that you're not having, um, you know, pain through your hip mm. or through your other leg that's doing a bit more work. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, it is.
1: Like that's a that's an... That's insane. That it's, so is it more psychological? Like is it a lot of it is weirdly psychological or is it kind of like a mixture between physical and psychological? It's
0: a mixture. Yeah. So one of the words that my teachers use is biopsychosocial. Yeah. We are biopsychosocial creatures, so we're biological, psychological, social. All three of those things affect us. Mm. You know, the same way you might sing brilliantly in the car or brilliantly in the shower, <laughs> and the minute you know there's someone in the house, your voice doesn't sound good. Right. Like that's the social aspect of the way we're coordinating. Huh. Or maybe when you're at home and you're studying, you feel super comfy. Yeah. But the minute you're like riding in front of a teacher, you have pain. Huh. Because like if you've had enough teachers say to you, oh, make you don't look like you're studying well. (laughs) Anyway, I've heard from other people who practice AT, like people have said they're not doing enough because they look so like. At ease while they're working. Yeah. So if you think about that, if you think about how many times in our lives we've been told, like, work hard. Yeah. It's natural that we're going to want to look like we're working hard. Yeah. But then that's creating issues through our body.
1: Interesting. God, that really puts a different perspective on working hard in (laughs) the, like, because the industries we pick are Mm. particularly like socially and um, psychologically. And physically quite demanding. Yeah, absolutely. Like, they actually use all of the, all the elements of our body, and that's why we're constantly tired. because mm. um, yeah, did you? Because <laughs> yeah, like you always wanted to get in um, to be a performer, didn't you? Like yeah, a, like was it singing or acting? Was your original goal?
0: I know when I was five, I wanted to be a pop star. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, I was like, yeah, I'm going to be a pop star. I'm going to be famous. Um. <laughs> And then musical theatre was always the goal. Yeah. Um, but I ended up, I saw an opportunity to work with some great acting teachers. So mm. I focused on acting. And I mean, I'm not much of a dancer. <laughs> I can dance. But yeah, no one's going to cast me in like a chorus line. Yeah. Um, I am not that level in any way. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, the more I've like worked on myself, <laughs> dealt with um, me yeah. worked out who I am, I just don't need performing to be, like, everything, which I feel like it was before. Yeah. It was, like, if I'm not acting, who am I? Yeah. Whereas now it's, like, no, I love doing this, and I specifically love working with the people you meet in the performance industry. Yeah. And so, you know, I see a place where I can perform sometimes, but I can also, you know, work with movement with performers and help other performers. Yeah. And yeah, it's just not it's a, it's a need and a want to perform, but it's not it's not a need and a want to the point where I feel like if I don't have it, there's nothing. Yeah. Like I've built a life outside of it now. It's
1: that's a such a psychological thing as well. And I think it's I, I think it's interesting because I don't know if it's an age thing. Where we mm. we get to a certain we get to this older age and we're like oh yeah there's other things we could do yeah. as well because <laughs> um, yeah like I find that particularly interesting because um, like it, it, it's funny I reiterate this a thousand times but like you know my main job doesn't um, does pay me it's working a shift work mm. whereas everything creatively doesn't pay me it's kind of just like if it does woo but if it doesn't it's generally benefiting me in some sort of like emotional capacity or creative fulfillment. Um, And it doesn't, I think that's a kid aspect where you don't always necessarily want to get paid and be like, Ooh, success is built on, um, you know, value for money, but it, it, you know, it's good to pay the bills. Um, But yeah, like I think the older I've gotten, the really kind of like the projects that I enjoy working on are generally ones where I enjoy the people I work with Mm. and, and they're good and they work efficiently and everyone knows what they're doing.
0: But wouldn't it be better (laughs) if you could have that and get paid?
1: Look, it would be, it would be absolutely. And if anyone out there wants to pay me for all my talents, please do. Uh, But you know, it absolutely would be true. I think, um, it's just one of those things that's really hard in such a competitive world to get yourself out there and stand out as an individual mm. in any different way. Like it's so hard, um, especially because it's always kind of like who you know mm. and um, like yeah, I think people like to burn bridges very quickly, <laughs> which has happened to both of us. Mm. Um, but, yeah, like, you know, people just like to switch a light switch and yeah. go, oh, okay, well, because I didn't like them, I'm going to burn a bridge. and. Yep. It's like that's not how you build a career. That's actually how you damage careers, mm. and or no one will work with you, you again, or they'll know who to trust to take validate an opinion. But it is very interesting because yeah, like um, I think you know with with performing and stuff. Yeah, it is like did you always set out? Like when was your first paid thing? When did you know that this could become a Career.
0: I mean, I always intended it to be a career (laughs) before I was king paid. (laughs) Um you're like, yes. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I, like my goal was always to be working in the creative arts full time to not need other sources of income because I was, you know, making money in the arts. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I was just starting to do like profit share work and then we had a pandemic. Yeah. So in some ways it feels like I've lost some of that. (laughs) like I've lost some of the momentum. Yeah. Because it was like, oh yeah, this is starting to happen. Okay, awesome. Like there were auditions coming and then wow. Yeah. And I know I'm not alone in that yeah. um experience. And it's it is difficult. Like I feel like I'm still grieving that a little bit. Yeah. Because now, you know, I'm 2 years older. Um there's plenty of other amazing young performers coming through. Yeah. And it's like, okay. Um That is what it is.
1: Yeah. And that's really annoying to, like, be, like, have, you know, your um, time squandered by, like, a pandemic. But I do think that's true. I mean, like the pandemic is the best and the worst thing that can happen because it can really make you reflect Mm. on your career.
0: Yeah. Like, Uh, in some ways, I'm glad. Yeah. Because I think I matured a lot through the last two years. And... I feel like I'm in a better position to know when I need a break yeah. because it's too easy to take on shows and be at a point of overwhelm just all the time.
1: Yeah.
0: And being able to actually say, okay, I need some energy for me so that I can perform better, so that I can work better. Yeah. You know, and I I didn't have that knowledge before the pandemic.
1: Interesting. Mm. I mean, like I – like – I think, yeah, I was very living in a dream world. Mm. Everything was financial. (laughs) I had no concept of, like, actual understanding. I think, actually, prior to pandemic, I had less understanding of how everything worked and the value of time. Mm. And I think now I have a massive understanding of that. Like, it's really funny. You get to the other side of the pandemic and you're like, okay, well, who do I actually want to work with? And also, how do I make the projects that I do or the projects I'm involved with worth my time mm. because they've got to be all worth something.
0: Yeah. Well, cause you're giving like, if you're not getting paid for the project, yeah. then you are either uh, taking time off your full-time job yeah. potentially or part-time, whatever it is to do the project, or you're cutting out your free time, yeah. which is also really important. Yeah. Like it might be time with your partner, time with your friends that you're just not having
1: for the yeah. time that project's
0: on. Yeah. So it's worth a lot.
1: And I think that people, when they're young and they're eager, they go, oh, yeah, everything's mm. like, exciting, exciting, exciting. And then you get to this stage and you're like, yeah, that is fun, but <laughs> I could be doing these other things. Yeah. And that is fine, but you need to have that inner perspective on it. And I think it has made me, like, collaborate probably less mm. it's funny like um but also just kind of move on from some old projects like it's just like um you know what what takes up what's the my priority what's my time yeah you, you know like interested in and what or what do i see is going to be fulfilling mm. and fun especially unpaid projects like you want them to be fun yeah you want them to worth you know like um the environment to be a, like a family vibe yeah. Otherwise they're not really worth it. If everyone's fighting on set, I'm just like, now nah, fuck this. That is some family's vibe. <laughs> I know. I have I think like um especially like last year, 2020, I had probably about five photo shoots I did, which mm. were completely like out of my territory. I I decided to go concept. Mm. I was like, I'm sick of just taking headshots and people and poses and stuff. I'll go and do like get my friend who's a makeup artist, you know, pay her a little bit and kind of Create these ideas with her, and we created quite a few like different shoots ideas, and all of them were completely fun. Like they didn't have this sense of, oh, okay, this is a slog. Yeah, this was four hours of people's day to come in, do something fun, and then go home. Mm. And I think the thing that ended up being everyone sort of tick to always come back was the fact that it was just you know unless it was a like hot time or it was like really like perspiring which did happen one night it was a 40 degree night and everyone like even i hated it it was completely like we should have just rescheduled but (laughs) we all kind of just caved in and did it which i think was a bit daft of all of us but um normally if it was perfectly fine or everything kind of went to plan those days would be absolutely fun you'd be sitting there chatting about what's going on in life Mm. and then spend probably like a couple hours doing photos and then that would be your day yeah Um, i had a
0: great time on a student film last like a month ago yeah yeah,
1: and I th- but I think it really does come down to the individuals who you mm. work with because you've got to know who you gel with, and that is you know that not everyone gels. Yeah. I think in a like, a, <laughs> I mean, this in a nice, the nicest possible way, but you a, never but, like everyone. No, you don't, and, and not you, everyone will ever like you, and like. you don't agree with everyone. Yeah. Like especially, like, you when people give you. Directing advice or actor, you mm. know, advice on a performance or anything like that. Some people just, you know, go. I'm right. I'm always. I'm the one <laughs> who understands. And it's like, but as a as a director, your job is to collaborate with the person you're yeah. working with. And if they're just going now, nah. like, why are you there? Yeah. Like that's my my thought. Is it?
0: I think often that's quite ego driven acting. Yeah. Like, <laughs> if you're there to collaborate, that yeah. is, you're making art for other people. Yeah, it's not just you.
1: No, but I think also that you know that makes because you know what I know about you is you are an individual who likes collaborating and doing things and being very energetic, but mm. as well as you know you're very critical about you know ideas and what they could do. Yes, because and I like that because I've presented I've presented you with ideas <laughs> that you've loved or you go eh, and like and you've told me, mm. but I mean like. There are some people who never say anything and they never and then they get to set and they go, Oh, I didn't like the idea or they or they didn't like, you know, like it didn't work for them. And it's like, why didn't you say that Mm.
0: earlier? That's one of my things about why I wanted to find more in this industry than just acting. Yeah. Because I don't want to have to take on jobs just to pay the bills. Yeah. I want to be able to say that is a role that I know I can bring something to that not only is fulfilling for me, but is actually helping like show something. Yeah, You know? Like it's good acting is you watch that and you're like, oh, I see myself in that or I see a perspective I haven't understood before. Yeah. And so I want to be able to do that, (laughs) not be like, okay, I'm playing this role today because I need to. Yeah. (laughs)
1: And I think it's also like, I think that's a thing where I come down to writing. Writing Mm. has to be specific about what it's telling and what it's not telling. Yeah. And I love suggestive writing. Like it's like this deep philosophical idea of you know the human psyche or the human mm. the way we think especially that's why i'm drawn to like horror and sci-fi because you have these heavy concepts surrounding these people but yeah. it's really about the people
0: yes that is why hill house is so brilliant oh i
1: know I right and i think even like a lot of concepts like that where they just go okay well what do the humans feel what do they what do they think and then you can always tell when it's sloppy writing when there's they do something the opposite of what they've been telling you the entire time mm. because it's for the story narrative. And it's like, no, this, their decisions tell the story. Yeah, That's what the point is. And they can't contradict themselves unless that contradiction has motive to do. But sometimes you see a scene or you see a performance and you go, where was that emotion before? Mm. Like where was that leading from? And I think it's interesting because I watched recently a show called Yellow Jackets, which if no one has seen, God, and if you love horror and psychological horror, this is a show that people should watch. It's very (laughs) fucked up. Um, But it's about um, this team of um, uh, schoolgirls going to, um, like, the nationals for their soccer team. And they're, you know, they get stranded over the Canadian mountains. Mm. And I think what's interesting is like the horror elements of when they're all bickering and then suddenly you understand that because the longer they're stuck there, the more their psyche starts to go and their understanding of each other's needs and wants. And then suddenly it's everyone's just reacting rather than thinking about what they're saying and they're all yelling at each other. And it's a very interesting kind of like concept in terms of writing because they start off being very considerate of each other and then you learn that people, you know, the truth comes out and everyone is flawed and everyone Mm. has these Achilles heels. And I really like those elements because they show people being people. And there's a lot of shows that don't do that, where they don't show that people are actually, probably do have psychological issues or they have these sort of problems. And um, in such a scale that is told quite concisely in a show, um and then all poorly acted which is another great thing but yeah like um i think yeah over the course of these elements you see different sides of people you see Mm. multiple facets about them especially the show shows from when they're teenagers to adults yeah and that is played by two different actors and you still understand that they're the same person and Mm. what they've gone through and how they've survived these 19 months in a um in the Alps and, you know, and what they had to do to survive because they were missing for so long. But you understand why they did what they did then as well and why some of them betrayed each other and you understand why the this sort of rupture happened within the group. And that is really interesting because it suddenly, like, unfolds and you don't really get these, you know, I think it's a show that really kind of shows... A lot of strong female characters and development because it's a it's majority is a female cast. Mm. So that in itself shows a wide range because they're not the side characters, they're the main characters. And I think, you know, the shows like, you know, that you used to watch where the women were the side characters or the, you know, whether, however you identified, if you were, you know, non binary, if you were uh, trans, you were more of a side character until now when the modern television shows just go. How about we shift them into the Mm. main characters? And it's good that a lot of shows are doing this because, yeah, I remember growing up and that wasn't like casting female roles was to be the love interest. It wasn't really to be the main character. Has that really shifted for you as well on how you kind of see the industry? Like are you wanting more main roles than sort of side roles?
0: Do you know? (laughs) I actually... A lot of the roles that interest me more are the side characters Mm. and the villains. I love villains. Um,
1: Really? Yeah,
0: the modern villains where they pretty much most of the time have complex reasons for why they are the villain. Yeah. You know, we we don't have the one-note villains anymore. No. Like this person wants these things and they have a legitimate reason why. Yeah. I love that. Mainly, I think, because a lot of people when they first meet me, depending... I don't know if it's depending on the day, but a lot of people are like, oh, I thought you were a bitch when I first met you. And I'm like, yeah, I can play with that. That's fine. Let's go for it. Um, Like, look, if that's the look my face gives, off I go. Um,
1: I mean, my first impression of you wasn't a bitch. (laughs) Thank you. No, no.
0: (laughs) No, even like um, my boyfriend sent me a meme of like this scary, like pincer the dogs. Yeah. And it's like when you first meet me. And then it was like this cartoon pins are being like, <laughs> and it was like, um, after you get to know me, he's like, look, it's you. <laughs> <I'm> like, okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, but I also like the amount of times I'm watching a show and there's the best friend character and she's just a bit kooky. And I'm like, that's the role I want.
1: Really? Yeah.
0: Oh, the okay. The only, there's two leading actresses who I'd love to be like. Isla Fisher. <gasps> yeah. And um, Rachel Bloom.
1: Oh, yeah, 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 Craziest yeah, Girlfriend. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. They encapsulate, I think, a side of me that a lot of people don't see. <laughs> um, they're like, yeah, no, that's me. Yeah.
1: What, the crazy side? Yeah. yeah. No, I see it in the eyes. <laughs> Thank you.
0: <laughs> exactly. I can pull it off. Um, um, but, yeah, no, I love those roles.
1: Yeah. I mean, what I also think, because you talked about voice mm. work as well, and I think you have such range in your voice
0: yeah i talk i talk quite low for when my voice actually is like you can hear i talk on the fry yeah um Where like i think my voice actually is probably more comfortable around here i just don't talk up here
1: no you talk very low <laughs> yeah your, like deep into your voice mm. um but yeah you have a good range and also like there's it it, it's always kind of the funniest thing I say to people, which is it is down to the microphone that you use. Because <laughs> some microphones complement people's voices amazingly. And I think that, yeah, with your range, it does lead itself to have a lot of characters that you could do mm. or portray, uh, whether it's sweet and considerate or like horrible and mean or cruel and nasty or vindictive, you know. Mm but um there's a slight little sly to it and you know you know like <laughs> sarcasm and and um a nuance to it as well because you just have this way of inflictions. and mm. but that also comes from singing as well because i think like i trained when i was younger in in choir so you know like i think that helped me understand the ranges of my voice yeah. a lot better I need to practice singing again. It's, very, it's been a very long time. Um, but, yeah, like I always did voice as a kid and that's something I'm quite good at is ranging my pitch in different ways. So, I can go quite high and then quite low and, you know, like probably not as much as I used to, but, you know, I can kind of go about here. That's pretty high. Um, <laughs> and then I can probably go quite low and deep and in the back of my throat. Mm. Um and you know, and just do a bunch of various different voices as well. But I do think that some people, when you don't sing, you don't, or you haven't practiced singing at all, mm. it's harder to do that because you haven't really adjusted to what your voice and throat and yeah, well, nose and the shape of your mouth can do.
0: Exactly. There's so many things, like whether you're talking like right into here or whether you are back there. Yeah. Like all those little aspects that it takes time to find and to work out the sounds yeah. and whether you like that sound, whether that sound leans more to something different. Like, I love voice actors on TikTok.
1: (laughs) (laughs) They're so good.
0: Yes, when you're watching some of them, there's a few of them who will do like, so I'm going to go from this voice of so-and-so into this other person to change from that actress to this actress. I'm just going to take the tone down, but I'm going to keep it in the same spot. Yeah. It's like amazing. Yeah. The skill that they have.
1: And I think it comes down to like – Oh, who was it? It's one of the actors on um, The Simpsons that I absolutely love. Um, And I can't remember from Life of Me. But, yeah, there's one of them has done multiple different voices. Is that Bart's voice? No, not Bart's voice, although she is amazing. Yeah. Um, No, it's the guy who did uh, Seymour, uh, Reverend Lovejoy. Like, I think he does also... um, Flanders like he yeah. kind of and and they fluctuate between different voices mm. and the fact that like I've watched them all do it live and listening to how they kind of use their mouth in different yeah. ways to get that voice out and you suddenly go god that's actually a whole day's work mm. just to do that voice is a they dedicate their day to doing that yeah
0: what? even like when I'm doing some voiceover work at home like the amount of energy to actually get the voiceover sounding like Yeah. Where you want it. (laughs) If you're like, yeah, I'll just talk with my normal energy. And then it's like, no, you listen back, it's like 20%. Yeah. Like, it just doesn't have the right thing.
1: I am one of those performers that cannot read a script. I need to be off script to kind of get my intonations out because it's like... If I read it, it just sounds like I'm reading. And it's like if you give me a script and I've learned it and I've kind of memorized the lines, then I can do the other things, right? Because it's sort of like the memorizing's the hard part for me, and then everything else kind of comes a little bit more naturally and mm-hmm. kind of leads into it, which is what I love. But in terms of directing people, I kind of love sort of listening to their voices and then working out the intonations and the responses and how many you know counts and beats and everything that I want between things. But then that comes down to my love of editing. Mm. It's Everything complements each other in terms of this, like, bubble of performing.
0: Ah, oh, see, I hate editing. I do it, <laughs> but I hate it. <laughs> it's a fucking waste of time. Oh, uh, no, it's just not for me. Really? <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, like, how do you do that, though, when you have to do your own voice stuff?
0: Um, the shorter stuff is fine. Yeah. Like, I know I do my best work where I'm just not picking up too many sounds that I have to edit out. Yeah. Um. And I'll often do a few takes, and then I will listen to it while, like, I'm on my phone. Yeah. So that I'm like, that's the take I want. Yeah. I pull it out, put it in a new file. Um, if I've got to edit like a long thing, I get a drink.
1: <laughs> yeah, fair enough. That's interesting. I would. Um, I generally sit down with a glass of wine and uh, mm. and cozy up on the couch and just yeah. work for hours on end. It's great.
0: Yeah, I find with like fast voiceovers, like yeah. with fast turnaround. I have to listen to it first because I have to re-record it. Oh god! <laughs> I can't yes. start drinking.
1: No, no, no that's fair. Um, I mean, like, d- is doing radio and and radio play something you would do though?
0: I haven't actually thought about it. Like, I wouldn't say no. Someone was like, "Yeah, we want to get you in the radio." But like, okay, I'm in.
1: <laughs> I'm doing it. Hello there. Yeah, what a fun um, time! It's... I'm not
0: sure about the wake ups if I'm on the morning. But
1: I mean, like. <laughs> can i get up at this crazy hour
0: Uh -uh. well you'd have to do a voice warm-up too that's the only thing like it's not just you know roll out of bed
1: no i've 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 done podcasting at 6 30 a.m and man my voice sounds by 9 a.m my voice sounds fine but at 6 30 i'm like
0: yeah "Mm -hmm." like even today like i've been awake for hours (laughs) but i barely use my voice yeah
1: so it's like you did you have to do warm-ups before coming? I did
0: not, and you'll be able to tell. <laughs> <laughs> like
1: it doesn't sound crystal clear. No. Um But no, you do you do s- singing as well. Mm. And and singing like is singing something just for musical theater, or do you want to actually like be a professional um performer? I well? actually
0: just love singing. Like <laughs> that was something I realized in the pandemic. Like yeah. I was like musical theater, musical theater. And then I was not getting what I wanted out of my voice. Yeah. And I think during last lockdown, yeah, the four monther, I stopped singing musical theatre songs the whole time, and I went to more pop um, because I've been trying to get not trying. I've been working on my belt. Um, mm. Sorry, I don't like the word trying. <laughs> um, it's not. A, it's not a good word. It no, it presupposes a, failure.
1: It does. It's a very negative. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I didn't realize that it does. I'm not
0: the person who like revealed that to myself. That is um Kelly Robinson. She's <gasps> An actress ah. in Sydney, um, and she talks about it. If anyone ever does one of her workshops, yeah. it's a very important point. And it's like, yeah, fair.
1: Yeah,
0: Yoda said it too. Like, try not <laughs> do or do not
1: do or do not. Thank you, Yoda.
0: There is no try. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I, I do. remove it from my vocab whenever I pick it up. Yeah, but yes, yeah, so I've been working on belting healthily Kay. because
1: yeah, you can do it wrong.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You're just pulling out that sound. Yeah, um, and. I just found when I was working on musical theatre repertoire, there was more of a psychological aspect of I need to sound this certain way. Yeah. um, Or I need to sound like the other musical theatre people I've heard. Yeah. And when you work on pop, I feel like there's not this need to sound like, say, Christina Aguilera or Ariana Grande. You know their voice. You know what they sound like. You're not going to sound like them. So it's singing What are you it. saying? <laughs> it's, it's singing it like you. Yeah. And I, that was the thing. I don't think I'd actually found my voice.
1: Right, okay.
0: Um, so, yeah, so that's been interesting. And now I'm more like, yeah, this, uh, I love singing lots of things. <laughs> um, yeah.
1: I mean, it's interesting as well because, yeah, singing is so subjective in terms of, like, mm. vocal range. And uh, it's interesting as well because when you listen to old artists, clearly when they started didn't have the best range like their voice wasn't quite to where they wanted it to be Mm. um like taylor swift is a great example because she's been re-recording her old stuff yeah and you hear the version of a 17 year old girl now versus a 30 year old girl Mm. like um and i think the one thing that i listen to her stuff and go oh wow your voice has massively improved with you know just doing lots of music and singing quite regularly yeah, is the fact that I'll listen to these old ones and the, there's just little changes in how she performs mm. and how she reaches those notes again. And then suddenly it's like, oh, yeah.
0: Even Adele, she's had to retrain. Oh,
1: God, yeah.
0: Because um, she was getting nodules from the way she was singing.
1: Really? Yeah.
0: So her voice is different now. But, huh. like, so the thing that bothers me in the modern industry.
1: Is everything.
0: Is, <laughs> um, no, when you look at Taylor Swift, there are people who like, she can't sing. Because we're in this age where so many of the, like, pop stars just have these powerhouse voices.
1: Yeah. Where you've
0: got people like Ariana and Adele and Christina Aguilera, Demi Lovato. Yeah. Like, they all have these just insane voices. Yeah. And so people look at someone like Taylor Swift who sings where is comfortable for her, sings it well. Yeah. Like, oh, she can't sing. And it's like, no. <laughs> it's not about technical proficiency to be the best no. singer. Like, A, everyone can sing. Yeah, I have an issue with the term being singer at all. Yeah. It should be like I don't know. There should be another word because every human can sing. Yeah. And this idea of you're a singer if you I don't know, getting paid and singing brilliantly like them. Yeah. It makes so many people who have voices that would contribute so much just not.
1: Yeah. I I agree with that. It's like I just think the prime example is Andrew Garfield in mm. Tick, Tick, Boom.
0: I loved him in that.
1: It's so good. And I just think he, I'd never heard him sing before.
0: He like, trained for that. He, he, did. <laughs> yeah. he
1: didn't sing before that. And, yeah. and listening to it, you're just like, holy crap. Mm. You just pulled that out. Like, it's so good. And um, 3090 is like one of my favorite songs at the moment yeah. because we're about to turn 30. Yeah. And I think whenever I listen to it, it's just his like range but it does it does fill me in this point where it's like i remember when i did i hadn't trained for so long to sing and you know thankfully uh emily who's my partner she compliments the fact that i can sing quite a bit mm. so it's like you do kind of forget that everyone can sing but it's where you sing comfortably and where yep. you know your range and your vocal range is because i'm with you 100 percent on that i hate that term i hate you mm. know, um I hate that you can't do it. Yeah. It's very dismissive mm. and it's very cruel. It's yeah. very negative. There's a lot of negative talk and there's a lot of talk in that particular industry that does create that. Like mm. it's it's negative talk. Yeah. Um, it's
0: like, yeah, the times people have been like, oh, wow, you can sing are when I'm doing like more classical rep yeah. and I'm sitting up in the top of my range. Yeah. Because a lot of people can't do that. That's why I'm getting that compliment. Yeah. When I sing more like everyday stuff, it's like, okay. And it's like, (laughs) they're both singing. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sorry that you think that one's amazing because you don't hear it very often. Yeah. But then, you know, if I went and sang like that in front of actual opera singers. Oh, God. Or like people who've continued classical training, they'd be like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, there's so much about, yeah, who can do it
1: and who can do it. And I think, I don't know, it's, it's very poor form. Just just yeah. in all honest. And but it's also like, you know, people are saying you can't act. And like just, you know, they haven't trained. Like they yeah. haven't they haven't everyone can do almost anything. Yeah. It's not impossible. They just it depends how much training they've put into it.
0: And it also depends on the role and the director and the yeah. editing. Like if you're talking oh. about screen, I think Natalie Portman, great example. Yeah. Like she's such a brilliant actress. Star Wars one though. Mm. She like
1: Thor. Like Thor she's not great in, and that is that is okay. There are issues I find and if she's with the right director mm. and she likes the material, she loves it. Yeah. Um, like one of my favorite films that she was in recently, which was about uh, the Kennedy assassination. Oh yeah. yeah. Jackie She, she did cool. so much work for that. She did so much work yeah. and that film is great. Mm. And that that whole like performance is amazing and um you know and i've seen her a lot of bunch of different things but yeah i watched her like she did a master class i watched it mm. it's great and i think one of those performances like she just breaks everything down and just you can understand why she is so like decisive about what she wants to do yeah and how she wants to act and perform and i think that just comes down to like you know she's hard working she knows what she wants and she knows how you know what performances and scripts that she really loves, and mm. she's got that power to pick now. She doesn't. She didn't necessarily yeah. back in the day when she was starting out and pick any random films. And the reason she didn't come back for Thor, um, like later, was because she didn't like the role.
0: And yet now she's coming back as Thor.
1: I uh, know she's coming <laughs> back as Thor. I think it's it's funny. Like I just I'm kind of like okay, Natalie Portman's back. I'm not complaining because I enjoy her mm. seeing her and on screen, and I think. Also, the fact that she tanked for that role. She's buffed up for yeah. that role. I'm like, holy crap, you look good. Like, she's gotten the broad shoulders and everything. She's no mm. longer like her petite self. She definitely buffed up for it. And I'm like, huh, mm. you bulked for this. Yeah. Like, I'm impressed. Um, so, yeah, she's, a, she's an amazing performer in terms of dedication and, mm. and love for the craft. But, um, yeah, people
0: are so quick to dismiss. I know. Like, one bad performance, Robert Pattinson.
1: I love him. Yeah,
0: but remember before, like... Twilight. Yeah, when he was in Twilight, and then he got announced for something after that, and everyone was like, oh, my God. Christian Stewart, great mm. example as well. Yeah.
1: She's great. Um, She's yes. great in a lot of different things, and yet Twilight was another prime example. Like, it's funny as well because... Daniel Radcliffe, prior to the same, mm. everyone was like, Harry Potter is amazing. And then he did a couple of films after, and they were like, yeah, it's okay. Did the child wear off in him, and that was the ending appeal. And then I've seen him in other things, and it's actually really quite funny. Mm. He does comedy really well. He does. He does comedy exceptionally well. He's a great comedic actor, mm. and I think he really knows how to play with things. Um was
0: like, Megan Fox in New Girl? Yes. Like, <laughs> I was like, hello, I am seeing, A, my style of comedy here. <laughs> um and it's nice to see that and be yeah. like, oh yeah, no, this is this works. Yeah. Um. But B, like, you're you're so great.
1: Yeah. Whereas you watch her in anything that Michael, but ba- I'm sorry, Michael <laughs> Bay, she, you're just a shit director. Uh, <laughs> you see anything that she's in with him, and you realise how bad it is. Mm. Um. Great example is I, I. This is why I love working with actors as well, and why I like kind of discussing what they mm. want out of a scene and what they feel like the scene is giving them. And sometimes you get more range out of an actor by letting them play with the scene. And like, how would you deliver that? And some actors just go, no, I'm going to deliver it a certain way. And that's kind of, but you know, there are a lot of actors who let themselves play with the scene. Mm. They let themselves do a few iterations. They let themselves guide it and do their own things. And there was something that David Lynch said, which is you're not controlling their actors. You're guiding them through the scenes. That is, you're never controlling. You're never telling them what to do specifically you're letting them take their own skills and their own uh like styles and life choices Mm -hmm. into that scene and doing it and i think that's so true because he's worked with so many a variety of different actors um and they've all come out with very interesting and unique characters Mm. and i think that is something that a lot of directors do they let the actors breathe in the scene and and breathe life into it because I think you're doing something wrong when you're going it has to be specifically this way, yeah, and it's like well, no,
0: you're not respecting the actors and their yeah. skill, if, yeah, like if you're not giving them the ability to do what they've worked, like all they've trained for, yeah, then yeah it's it's not a <laughs> it's not collaborative, but it's also yeah you're not you're not going to get their best performance
1: no, and it's. It's generally like I always listen to, especially with like stuff that I've written, I always listen to actors when they go, oh, you know, this bit of dialogue, can I ask you a question about it? Mm. What's it mean? What's it, what am I trying to say here? Or can we change it to this? Like, you know, especially when you have that collaboration and mm. they go, yep, cool, moving on. That's great. Mm. It's a way of respecting people and yeah. their, their their interests. And I think I do this thing. It doesn't work for everyone, but, you know, I love getting my fellow actors, if I write something original, getting them to just sit down and record it in front of a microphone. It doesn't have to be the most fabulous performance. It doesn't even have to be perfect, but it gives me an idea of how that dialogue might sit Mm -hmm. and where it doesn't sit right in someone's voice. And a lot of the time that's when I rewrite certain lines and I go, okay, that didn't really land the way I wanted it to. That doesn't suit their voice. So either I need to recast or I need to rethink that bit of Mm. dialogue. And so that happens a fair bit.
0: Yeah. And I think that thing about um, directors, you know, working with actors, it's just like any job really. Yeah. (laughs) Like if you as a manager are too busy micromanaging everything and making sure it has to be done this specific way. Yeah. Like (laughs) that's just not going to work. You're going to have staff who don't want to work. Yeah. Like it's the exact same thing. And I'm, I'm just saying that for anyone who, Hasn't worked as an actor or a director. Yeah. That yeah. If you've ever worked with a shitty manager.
1: Yeah, and I mean, like, it. It's funny because I've I've directed a few different things, and not all of them I've written myself, which is quite fun. Um, But when I do uh, do other things, that I generally try and talk to the actors still as if I wrote it because it's that I think it's very important to be like. Well, they're going to, I'm going to then talk to the writer, mm-hmm. talk to them and say, these things didn't sit right. And sometimes we're like, oh, okay, well, I'll change these, but this certain line needs to be said, and like it, that needs to stay because otherwise it doesn't make sense later on. But that's totally fine. But yeah, a lot of the time you kind of can adjust mm. and the less said the m- is better, yeah. like it's it's really – performing – you know when you're young and everyone goes, oh, I love having a lot of lines. I am one <laughs> of those people who loves less lines and more what isn't said. Yeah. And I think that creates a lot more interest.
0: I think it's that thing like when you're young and you have a teacher be like, there's no small parts, only small actors. You're like, oh, no, I just want more lines. And then as you grow up, like, oh, no, they're right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, 100%. You you, only have written uh, recently two, scene, uh, two scenes for uh, – the Doctor Who stuff that I do. And I wrote with five different actors and mm. and in various different stages of their career. So like some have been doing it for a while, others are pretty new to it. Like you can, but I think what works is when they're all in the same thing and they're on the same speed, you'll notice how well their voices suit each other and like yeah. in this scene. And it's interesting because like there's always this sense of have I given everyone enough lines mm. to Oh yeah, this person has three lines, but their presence in the scene is really important because everyone else then has this ability to play off the And then yeah, you realize that everyone doesn't mind only having like four lines because they get to be in the scene with everyone else and get to react off them. Yeah. And it's a, you know what's that the one I one of acting? Acting is reacting. Yeah. And yeah, people just go, mm. huh? Yeah. Um. So yeah, I hundred percent agree with you. Like that, you know, with there's this only. Um, there's no small um parts. parts. There's only small acts.
0: Yeah. I still remember like seeing a production at Bell Shakespeare mm. Um a few years ago. Yeah. And one of the actors he had two small roles. Like
1: mm. uh
0: yeah, it was Antony and Cleopatra and he was like one of the smaller roles, but he just stood out. Every yeah. time he was on stage, he just yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think that just that goes down to the kind of performer you are mm. and understanding what you know. Like some of the best characters only appear for like five minutes. Yeah, in shows. Yeah, like and then they're suddenly popular. And everyone's like, "Why yeah. are they popular?"
0: Oh my god, the way everyone's obsessed with um, Camilo from Encanto.
1: Yes, yes. Like,
0: <laughs> and it's like, whoa, okay.
1: <laughs> he barely had any scenes, but he's yeah. great. Um, he was in it for a roll of ten minutes. Yeah, and but he's so cool and um you know and i feel like that's where people pick they pick who they love because mm. um, they're either charismatic or they're you know they're a certain type of person and then i think it's a shame when people then need to put them front and center and like i'm like no i enjoyed the fact yeah. that they that's part of their charm is you didn't need to know everything about that
0: yeah like i was one of many people who was like obsessed with fred and george
1: like oh, really? Yeah, Fred
0: specifically. I was very <laughs> upset when he died. Like,
1: you were just like. I'm not
0: even joking. I was 12 and I was very upset. Like,
1: Was this from reading the book? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because how old were you when the last movie came out? I
0: don't know. 2010,
1: 11, something like that.
0: High school, mid-high yeah. school. Yeah.
1: yeah. I was. Um, the
0: last book came out in year six. I know that.
1: Yeah. I remember being like 19, I think, when the last film came out. Mm. And I was like. And watching the documentary is actually, it's very good. But um, it's like, yeah, it's one of those things that I just, I realised with these films, yeah, it's it's such a weight mm. of like your childhood and growing up with it. um, And that was something I didn't realise how much of an impact things like that had. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's like, sorry, I, I cut you off no. about your love for Fred and George.
0: No, it's just like, yeah, they're, they're small characters. Yeah. In saying that, they do have a much bigger role in the books. Yeah. It's a <laughs> <laughs> and very different personality. Like, you know, they've actually got personalities and they're not kind of – they're very much presented almost as one character in the movie.
1: Yeah. you know, I think, I think also the movie runs, runs into the condition of runtime mm. and also just they were trying to get them out at a certain point of time. Like, they yeah. were really trying to get these f- films out. And it's interesting because I stopped reading the books after book five. And the reason was the movies were already half out. Right. And I got a little bit bored of reading it back to back because I just, I felt like J.K. Rowling was writing books for movies suddenly rather than Mm -hmm. writing books for the sake of books. And it can really tell with her new Fantastic Beasts and how terrible it
0: is. I have not watched past the first one.
1: The first one's good. but I, watch- There was
0: like five endings. Yeah, I know. Was- <laughs> and I was like, I'm done.
1: <gasps> Are you going to get on the boat now? Are you going to get on the fucking boat, mute. <laughs> I just
0: couldn't deal with it. I was like, no.
1: Um, but, yeah, the second one's terrible. Yeah. And then I like I'm sorry, but the title for the third one The Secrets of Dumbledore or Dumbledore's secrets or some yeah. bullshit like that. I'm like Ugh. Um And, and also, also,
0: yeah, like I'm at the point where I just don't want to give her money.
1: No, I know. <laughs> oh yeah, no. The fact that she's transphobic. Mm. Also, though, the hilarious thing about that Docker is all her interviews are from twenty nineteen, pre-pandemic. Yeah. And I th- she was contacted to come on and as part of the Docker mm. and she refused. And I think it's because a lot of the cast and crew outed her as transphobic because they were like, we disagree with your statements. Yeah. And they were
0: all... It's not just that. Like Scotland's um, anti-trans groups have like the highest funding of like a bunch of places and it's specifically from her.
1: That's ridiculous. Yeah. That's 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 like what she's
0: doing with the money she makes. And that's why it's like, no, you don't get my money.
1: No, she's an awful human being and therefore like writes This is the thing, cancel culture works its wonders. <laughs> um it's sometimes better not to know anything about anyone. Um, well no,
0: but she she is being cancelled because she has had opportunities to Redeem. Yes, and she hasn't. No. Like
1: <laughs> you know um you know what though is interesting? Recently Kevin Spacey Mm. um is about to do a new film oh is he yeah no but a vi- an independent film it's not a right. it's not a big blockbuster but i mean like that's the thing that i don't think he'll ever get back to the mainstream because the mainstream's blacklisted him mm. like it's just straight up blacklisted him and it's interesting because like obviously like scream five recently came out as well and that's not associated with the weinstein company anymore mm. like it's straight up not the first four were because obviously back in the day, like Weinstein Company owned a massive chunk of the industry, mm. and now the whole Harvey Weinstein's come out and it's like no, no longer. <laughs> so it's it's really interesting. I can watch films, you know. Obviously, I was watching Spider Man not that long ago with James mm. Franco in it, and I just went.
0: Oh, I don't even remember it. Oh, it's... I say that I went to see Spider Man and the new one in the cinema.
1: Oh, how good is it? So good.
0: Um... <laughs> I have a feeling it's where I caught COVID. But <laughs> oh, really? Yeah.
1: Is it... How okay now that it, by this point this episode comes out everyone will have gone um even me probably but um hopefully t- not i
0: really hope it's not
1: yeah how did it make you feel like what was the how did like you realize you had it
0: um i didn't <laughs> uh we were going to queensland so we got tested to go over the border <gasps> shit um like symptoms hit after we actually got the positive test but mm. my partner felt a bit unwell yeah. But he'd already had a test literally eighteen hours before he started feeling unwell. Yeah. So we were like, okay, you must have the flu. Yeah. Right. Like he'd had a PCR test, not a rapid. He'd had a huh. PCR test within eighteen hours. So I still think he might have had like the flu and COVID at the same time. Yeah. Because that was weird. Um. So then, like, three days after he had that test, we got tested to go to Queensland. It was like three days before Christmas. Um, oh shit! Yeah, because we're going out for Christmas. We're still waiting on our results. We, like, moved our flight back to Christmas morning, like the furthest – literally we are going to arrive in Queensland on the 72-hour mark. Yeah. Um, And then we got our results at, like, 2 a.m. on Christmas morning. <laughs> Fuck! And we both had COVID. Um, but luckily my parents, um, despite spending time with us, didn't catch it. Huh. They had to isolate in Queensland because they'd been tested the day before us and gone up two days before. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and, yeah, they didn't catch it. They just <laughs> spent seven days in Queensland not going anywhere. Yeah. Um, doing their necessary testing at days two and five. Um Yeah, so we like weren't too unwell.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh benefits of two vaccines. <laughs> um, and also why I think my parents didn't catch it. Yeah. Because all of us have double vaxxed, mum's triple vaxxed. Yeah. Um, thank goodness because she's like, n- we don't want her catching it. Yeah. Um but, yeah, we were both taking Panadol the whole time. So mm. I don't know if we had a fever. We never, like, seemed to have one, mm. but the Panadol might have been keeping it down. I felt like I had tonsillitis. Like, my left tonsil was working so hard. Like, it was bright red. It was, like, double the normal size. It's like, hey, buddy,
1: <laughs> you're
0: taking one for the team there. Um, and very tired. Like, so yeah. tired. Connor had the cough. I lost my t- sense of taste, but not smell. Huh. So I didn't realize for, like, a day. Because I was like, mm, smells like orange juice. And then when I realized I couldn't, like, taste things, I, like, put things like orange juice in my mouth and just waited till like, I couldn't smell it anymore. I was like, nope, it's just liquid. Wow. Which was weird. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we both, like, tested negative on about day 10, 11. Yeah. Um, so, literally, for me, it was first day of
1: 2022.
0: <laughs> Yay. Um, and then the fatigue was there for, like, a solid week after that. Wow. Like, just – and in, I didn't have chest pain while I had COVID, but while I was recovering, I'd go to bed and my lungs would hurt. I'd get, like, stabbing pains. Uh, and I was like, why? But, yeah, everyone I know has had it. The fatigue is the worst part in recovery. Yeah. Like, just – you just can't do anything. Yeah. I, I say that. My partner went to work and he was fine. <laughs> Works, like, you know, with his hands, with his whole body.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas
0: I was like, one day – I. Worked at my desk and I stood up for an hour. Yeah, and then I had to lay down for three hours.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So yeah, like it wasn't as bad as swine flu. That was horrifying. Yeah. Um, I still don't want anyone to catch it.
1: No, that's fair. <laughs> um,
0: enough. because yeah, I'm saying that as someone who's double vaxxed Um, in regards to something like COVID, I'm quite healthy.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, like I'm not exactly the healthiest person. Health, like, got other things, but COVID-wise not someone who's gonna have major issues from it. Yeah. God. Yeah.
1: That's like not fun. That's like not exactly because I know about like 10 people have had it. I think COVID really kind of changes people. (laughs) (laughs) Once they catch it, they're all like (sighs) Yeah. And then but they also just kind of give in and go, it's accepted fate now. Um yeah.
0: I think it kind of just Everything I haven't dealt with (laughs) kind of just brought it all to the forefront because I was like, I was finally going to leave the state for the first time in two years.
1: And then you couldn't. And then I couldn't. (laughs) Fuck that.
0: Literally my break week where everything was shut, like my work was all shut down. Yeah. And I was sick.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Fuck that. I mean, like, I'm astonished I haven't gotten it yet because I go into the office every day Mm. and... I, like, I swear I've had it and it's just passed straight through me kind mm-hmm. of thing because I just don't know how I've gone so long without getting it. But, um, you know, t- knock on wood kind of thing, you know, probably I will get it eventually. But I just, you know, however I get it, I'm very careful as well. Like mm-hmm. it's not like, you know, whereas I know some people, you know, just it's down to the exposure. Like some people yeah. get it and then the other person they like with doesn't get it. And it's yeah. like, what? How does that work? Like, yeah, some people never get it. Like mm. they just, it can can be close contact and everything and they just don't get it.
0: Well, the other concerning thing though is with Omicron, like it's detected better in the throat than the nose. So a lot of people who are doing rapids with just nose, nasal swabs. Yeah. Might have COVID. <laughs> and it's not actually, like people have shown, like there's been doctors going, here. here's me doing a rapid test just up my nose, shows negative. Here's me doing my throat and then my nose, positive. Huh. Yeah.
1: Kudos to the internet <laughs> and also the fact that my work on only does nose swabs. Mm. Um, I'd love some throat swabs. Uh, you just got to do
0: the throat first.
1: <laughs> yeah, you do the throat first and mm. then the nose. Yeah. and you don't.
0: <laughs> I had a moment one time where I was like, wait, you- no, of course it's the throat first. <laughs> <laughs> do I the just, nose. I couldn't surf. remember because my local one does both. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs>
1: I mean only they used to do that at work. They used to do nose and throat. Mm. And I felt a lot better, but now they only do nose. And I'm like, Okay. Yes. But um I like the rapid tests we've got here. Like I you know, they're like, Oh, just only do your nose and I'm like
0: mm. The <laughs> Rapids I have are cough ones. Huh. Yeah. You have to cough deeply <laughs> three to five times and then you like swab it around all through your mouth.
1: Deeply cough.
0: It was horrible. It was the worst. Like, I had to do it last week. So, it's literally been three yeah. weeks since I recovered from COVID. Yeah. But coughing like that, <laughs> I was coughing for like two hours afterwards.
1: Wow.
0: Yeah. I was like, mm, that's probably not good.
1: No, you've, you've just activated something. Mm. <laughs> You're like, <laughs> yeah, and that's it, not what you want. Yeah.
0: It's like, I saw that um, there's some concerns about people who are asymptomatic where it's actually just bypassed their immune system. Um, in the same way that there was a massive spike in Parkinson's following Spanish flu. Like yeah. it was above yeah. watch normal levels yeah. and they think it survivors of Spanish flu. And also um, encephalitis. Let, let the, it was a, There was a, another illness, a random illness at the same time as the flu, mm-hmm. Spanish flu specifically, um, of people who just couldn't, get, like could not get out of bed. Yeah. This extreme fatigue. And they're pretty sure it was like, uh, from the flu.
1: Huh? I know you've got to be careful with the flu as well. Cause it mm. can cause, um, chronic fatigue. Yeah. Like it, it, you can't exert yourself.
0: Well, that's essentially like long COVID. As yeah. Well. Yeah.
1: Um, and, uh, I think I remember getting sick years ago. I think I did get the flu cause it didn't feel like a cold. I was mm. really, I was bedridden pretty much for two weeks. Yeah, I was really, really sick. And, um, yeah, I just remember like feeling tired and mm. groggy and just completely no energy i spent like two weeks like and then suddenly i felt fine mm. but it was just like two long weeks and i didn't go anywhere like i just yeah. stayed home but it's always interesting because i notice when i get too sick i don't do anything mm. and whereas i know so many people that keep doing stuff i'm like why that is going to burn your body out and they're going to Feel the repercussions years. I used to be like
0: that. I did that with, um, I didn't know I had it, but I had scarlet fever. Holy um, shit. Yeah, working with children.
1: Hey, hey, <laughs> you're bringing everything home.
0: Right? Like I had this horrible sore throat and I was like, mm, this doesn't feel great. Yeah. I took a day off to rest because I actually felt that unwell. Yeah. And then after a day off, I was like, okay, I'm fine. I'll go back to work.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and then the rash appeared. <laughs> that was bad like not as bad as back to swine flu (laughs) because that hit me on a plane oh no i threw up for nine hours oh and like i thought i was with my parents i was 17 i thought we're in hong kong for three days for years and i asked them recently like no we were there for five days because i remember lying in bed for a day and then dragging myself around hong kong for two days nope three days in bed um couldn't eat or drink for like two days like literally even a sip of something i'd throw up and when i got back to australia i didn't see my doctor for a week after i got back yeah i weighed 48 kilos holy shit like i had lost because i was 17 i was very thin Uh, but i had lost four or five kilos in a week wow and then i had you know secondaries bronchitis (laughs) sinusitis
1: (laughs) i i (laughs) Fucking hell. Right. Um, It
0: was just, and I had, I had my flu vax. My doctor was like, this would have been worse if you hadn't had it this year. Oh God. I was like, what?
1: Oh my God. Um, I remember like the last time I got food poisoning, I got really bad food poisoning Mm. when I was in Singapore and I was in bed, like probably I got dragged around by my partner at the time we went all around Singapore, but I just, the next day she got it, Mm. like whatever we had, she got it. And then she felt completely bedridden. And I was like. I was feeling much better. No, no, you can stay in bed. Like it's fine. (laughs) But I just remember thinking in the back of my head, I was like, I wish we'd just stayed for two days in the hotel, Mm -hmm. like, and just gone out to get some food and come back. Like it really would have been much better because, oh man, I couldn't. I was so sore. I was so aching. Mm. I felt nauseous. Um, and I think yeah, it's it's funny because I've gotten food poisoning a couple of times, and um. I had gastro ones as well. I couldn't eat pasta for a whole year after that Mm. because I got it off um, one of the sauces that they had, which had gone out of date, which I hadn't realized my flatmate had let expire. Right. Yeah. So I wasn't aware of it and I was like, oh God. So I got massive food poisoning from it and yeah, I was out um, for a week and Mm. um, yeah, it's happened a few times like where I've just gotten really sick and when I get sick, it hits me. It hits me for a short period of time and then I'm suddenly fine. Mm. Or I don't feel it at all, depending how brief it is. But yeah, it's weird because I know, and then I lose. I don't eat. I don't. I drink mm. only water, and then I lose weight like drastically. Yeah. Um, whereas if I'm normal, I generally weigh about seventy kilos, and that's as <laughs> exciting as it gets. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I feel that I've had um, food poisoning gastro every time I have travelled.
1: Ooh. Well, except
0: for the time I got swine flu, but no, was practically yeah, I mean, the same. Like
1: you know, <laughs> now we're just hoping for the Black Death. Uh, <laughs> Really give me that like leprosy oh, vibe God, no. as well. Um, you
0: know that's still around.
1: I know. Yeah, it's in. Um, it
0: kills a few people in America every year if they don't get pick up what it is fast enough. Yeah. And um, Mongolia t- has. Yeah, Mongolia
1: is yeah. huge on it. Um oh, it's, it's like a rave. Everyone get leprosy. <laughs> uh, no.
0: No, I love when people are like, oh, you know, the Black Death wiped itself out, and it's like it came back like every ten years for about two hundred years. Yeah. Like, and it still has been, and we had two massive waves like within the last 200 years. Yeah. (laughs) It didn't wipe itself out. (laughs) No, It realized it was killing too many
1: hosts.
0: But yeah, it was killing too many hosts. So it changed. Yeah. And it went through waves where it like specifically children were dying Yeah, and waves where like specifically people of childbearing age were dying. Isn't
1: it interesting as well because you could apply the same principle to COVID Mm. where it's going to do the exact same thing and it's just going to go in waves of just been like, okay. And, you know, and- I get the parate angle. Mm. I get open up Sydney, so I mean, but don't be a fuckwit about yeah. it. Like, don't be an oh. Avid. That whole
0: thing of taking masks away. Oh when, god! Right yeah. when Omicron was starting, it was like, what the fuck are you doing?
1: He's. A, 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 I just love because near work there's some stupid ass signs of him mm. just being like a clown, and everyone hates him. It's very clear and apparent in this in the CBD area mm. that everyone thinks he's a fucking like raving loony. Um but he is because he had his no plan. Mm. He has entirely. The liberal Scott Morrison vibe, mm. and uh, completely just doesn't care about the numbers that well, and is more concerned about the economy and the you know the fact that everything is so unaffordable and the like, and it's just like, oh my god, how are we in this stage when nothing is affordable, everything's too expensive, like what the actual fuck? Mm. Um, but yet you know. Yay, hundreds of people in hospital and, you know. Yeah,
0: it's yeah. just a joke. I, I think the thing that bothers me the most is the whole reason we went into lockdowns was so that we could vaccinate people and prepare for people needing to go to hospital, Yeah. right? What the fuck was done?
1: Nothing. I, and, and, and I knew this going into the pandemic. The beginning of the pandemic, I knew nothing was going to be mm. done. I just knew I even said to my parents, I was like, the problem is, Human beings are so greedy and manipulative. They will not care. It's all about them. It's not about what happens because the prices of things did not go down. Mm. There was no, the stock markets crashed. The, everything in terms of stock stakes, um, you know, um, went down, but nothing in terms of the price of housing, the price of living, like the rent stayed the same. In fact, the real estates just made you, pause rent but Mm. you still owe the same amount of money when the rent pause happened like you'd still owe thousands upon thousands of dollars to them they wouldn't cut that Mm. from your equation they just delay it and that was a completely stupid and horrible thing to do and a lot of rent places wouldn't reduce their rent they'd be like oh no you signed the the lease so Mm. tough luck and it's just that mentality like there was no kindship to anything of anyone having in tough situations and yeah, like it's very apparent even now that the cost of, you know, everything, in fact, like the people couldn't afford to pay their staff more mm. because yeah. of that. And so therefore the people got paid less for a period of time and or more, depending on your case. And yet, you know, half the time I was, like, I was making, I was just making rent. Mm. For about six months of twenty twenty, just making it.
0: I moved back in with my parents. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it's, yeah.
1: it's virtually impossible. Like and and it wasn't fair on a lot of people. No. And I don't necessarily know if that would have happened under Labour's eyes, but or, you know, okay. Yeah, it's hard to it's really hard to say, but um I just cannot stand how this government has really toned so many blind eyes and made up so many bullshit lies mm. to kind of cover up. And not very good lies. They've just kind of tried to be like, oh, I'll take it from this angle. But I'll say something offensive while I'm giving this yeah. really profound speech. Um, it feels
0: like our governments have just gone towards getting reelected rather than actually doing their jobs. Yeah.
1: <laughs> like... Cuz the big scare is now the election coming up and that yeah. is, you know, a big deal and yet no one gives a flying fuck. No. Like and I really, it really crimps a lot of what's happening because i unfortunately like a lot of the companies are run by um, obviously like government funding, mm. so you can only say a certain biased mm-hmm. attempt on the government. But I've never worked for a, a government-funded company in my life. Right. The television stations I've worked for are advertisement-funded. They they they're funded by like corporations Mm. rather than the government and so they could have a bit more freedom into what they say about the government yeah um but if you worked for the abc you couldn't Mm. not in a million years they would be like "Mm, that's a that's a very opinionated opinion but not say (laughs) that and it's like why because it's right um but you know there's that whole angle and i feel like yeah, we're just living in this day and age where people are willing to just turn blind eyes to things or just accept it. And it's – and it's the government is playing bullying tactics. They are playing, oh, you'll just accept it. Like everyone – the fact that no one kicked up much of a stink other than a little bit of a stink about the rat tets not being free. Mm. And
0: – You know it's bad when America's doing something that we're not. <laughs> yeah, I know.
1: And it's just like
0: – the yeah, it's just so many people turning a blind
1: eye and just going mm. –
0: Or even, I'm not sure if you know about this, so a lot of people are getting rat tests through work, right? Yes. And now they're saying that that could be fringe benefit tax. What? Yep.
1: What the actual fuck? (laughs)
0: Right? So then the businesses are going to pay 100% tax on those items. So they're not even cheaper. They're going to be even, like, it's just, what the fuck?
1: I really, Uh, you you maybe hate the world even (laughs) more. um yeah no i just and this is why we create stories (laughs) it's it's so true as well like i just think that um it's such a biased it i think it's just it's it's just so much of contemporary like 2020 if 2020 has taught me anything and 2021 it has also taught me about people Mm. and who is worth Like it goes back to what's worth your time in terms of projects and everything. Who's your worth your time in terms of people? And there's a lot of people out there. There's a Mm. lot of people I've met. And unfortunately some people are just wastes of time. And I have little (laughs) – I I respect people who are smart and like considerate Mm. but not going to let, you know, sort of, I want to say dumb opinions, kind of like dictate them or not triple check that, what they're saying. And there's a lot of people out there who just go, oh, I know this fact. I'm like, do you actually? Because here's a, here's a whopping great article that could prove you wrong.
0: So I feel like that's not smart necessarily. <laughs> I feel like you can be any intellect and be willing to change your mind. Okay, yes. That's okay. where I think the issue is, is people who are just...
1: yes. Okay, I retract Bullheaded. that. I retract that. I agree with you on that because yeah. that is more accurate. Um, but I do feel like a lot of people will just kind of accept life as deer in headlights and mm. um, just go, meh. But eh. how
0: much of that is because, you know, they're overworked and just struggling to get make ends meet and they don't have time to think about?
1: Oh, God, yeah, there's so much of that. And um, I mean, yeah. It's probably not always the right opinion to have. Like it's probably a very jaded opinion that I could have um, potentially, but it, I do agree. I think a lot of people are overworked and a lot of people, you know, it's, it's this industry in particular that we're in is a make or break mm. industry and that format hasn't really changed. It's the individuals around yeah. it that have changed. And we now are much more supportive and understanding and encouraging of each other, mm. whereas the corporation side of it is still the same. It's yeah. still trying to do that. Oh, but you've got to love and work hard for your art mm. and really bur you know bust your ass off. And it's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> got other things I want to do, like live. Yeah. Um and be happy. Um, so yeah, there's a real there needs to be a shift. Mm. There needs to be this dramatic shift in in the way the corporations and the commercial side sees it.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, yeah. I don't know if it's gonna happen soon though.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it is just, yeah, we keep making noise. Yeah. You know, it's the same thing you're seeing with, like, um, the hospitality industry. Yeah. Where there is change happening. Like, you... Yeah. Thanks to some businesses being caught out for wage theft. Like, they're actually starting to be like, oh, we do need to pay people. It's like, yeah, you do. Um, Massively. Yeah. But, Uh, yeah, there's still people... Like, there's still so many businesses abusing their employees. Yeah. You know, overworking them, not informing them of their rights. Like, things like if you don't have your meal break within the first six hours of your shift, you are on overtime till you get that meal break.
1: Yeah. Like, shit
0: like that, that is just normalised. Yeah. And luckily, we're in a time right now, because there's not enough people in the hospital industry, where people can move jobs and be like, fuck you. Yeah. No. But previously, people haven't been able to do that.
1: No. You know, because it's
0: like, I need this job. I need to pay rent. Yeah. And... Yeah, I guess the problem with the with our industry is it is so competitive still.
1: Yeah, and I mean it 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 goes back to who you know mm. and who you want to work with, and whether it's worth the the love and the passion. Um, yeah, because it, it's that thing I think has really kind of changed my perspective on it. Is is definitely finding people I want to work with mm. and going, yep, I will cling to you and hope that you'll want to work with me or at least have that collaboration with them mm. because otherwise it's not really worth either our time. Yeah, And that is, you know, that I think is how it should be because it, it's first and foremost a project Yeah, and then everything nice and, you know, like whether it's funded or whether it's paid, it comes kind of a, as a lateral thing or mm. like a...
0: And if it's not paid, then it's setting up that, you know, if it's being entered into um, competitions and stuff, Yeah. that, hey, you'll get... F- Ten five yeah. percent whatever it is like
1: 100 percent yeah 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 it's um, not
0: not paid because we don't want to it's
1: it's it's to see if it gets traction yeah and, and see if this is something that people want and that's also kind of like what pilot seasons for mm. like that's entirely they pay you a small percentage, but it, if it doesn't go anywhere, you don't get a yeah. salary like you don't get your full wage. You just kind of get what you got for that episode and then go home. Um, whereas if it gets picked up, here's your annual salary. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> um, yeah. And I think that's just kind of the smartest way to do it. And mm-hmm. I, I know that a lot of people are doing projects now, amazing projects that have started with basically no funding and yeah. self-funded. But um, if you do manage to get a uh, funded Project with other people and everything that is fantastic and good mm-hmm. on you, but it it doesn't happen. It doesn't fall into everyone's laps.
0: No. Which the other disappointing thing about that though is how it does just keep the industry for the privileged. Yes. Because sorry, but if you can't afford to take time off work or whatever, too bad. Yeah. Like it just doesn't. That and the way they cut vet fee help in 2017. <laughs> you know, was cause I was that year. That was here, I went in taxing school. Yeah you are just keeping the industry for the rich or for the middle class. Like,
1: yeah, I think uh, like I, yeah, I definitely didn't come from a very well-off family. Mm. Absolutely not. Um, And yeah, I, my understanding is always make something yourself. So, um, but I've also never had help in terms of financial help in my project. I've never had it except for Mm. one friend and that is it. Everything else has been kind of like myself. Mm. And then completely fine with, um. but it kind of gets to a point where it's like you hope other people love it and if they're going to put time in, they you hope they sort of help with the financial side. But, yeah, a lot of people go, oh, but that's difficult. And it's like it's difficult for me as well. It's mm. not like I'm made of money. Like I think there's their lack of understanding that everyone, you know, like it, it, there's got to be a, a a side to if you're going to contribute, you got to contribute and like you got to be 100% in. And understand, or, or like, we've all got work schedules and everything, and, like, we might not be able to all commit to that time, but let's try and kind of find a middle ground where we can all agree. Or at least I can only do a percentage, like, I can give us the, the group, like, this much, mm. and that'll be my contribution. Cool, no worries, that's fine, that's something. It's not like I'm expecting, like, millions of dollars, but, you know, being able to contribute something so you know... That you can help out or you can do what you can. Whereas some from, you know some projects never get lifted off the ground because they cost too much. And I think it's always good to go in with a realistic budget in mind and go, and everyone presents me with a script and goes, oh, how much do you think that costs? And I'll go, oh, here's what I think. And they go, oh, wow, that's way more than I thought. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> um, whereas if you want to do something that's pretty cheap, do voice. Because <laughs> that is yep. considerably cheaper. I
0: mean, still not cheap. you got to no. buy your equipment.
1: Oh, God, yeah. Like... Um,
0: I don't even, I didn't even consider it when I was paying rent. It's only been something I've been able to afford since moving back home Mm. and saying, okay, I can put some money into this now. Yeah. Cause to do it well, like, you know, microphones, um, soundproofing. Yeah. Like there's some buying, um, software to edit. Yeah. I say that I use audacity.
1: (laughs) (laughs) How dare you? Um. (laughs)
0: But also, oh my god, today, like, editing software, mm. like Adobe, yeah, you have to pay a yearly subscription. Yeah, like it's just, it's just fucked. It's, I said I don't use Adobe because I was like, no.
1: It's it's interesting because like this whole setup I bought, like the f- kind of the beginning, late twenty 2020, twenty, early twenty twenty one, and it originally is kind of like everything contributed and stuff like that, and then kind of built up over time. But it it, it did cost like. Almost two grand, mm. and it was one of those investments that I was like, "Okay, well, I know this is going to cost. Yep. I have to set money aside for it." And every time I could get a little extra, I would, mm. and it eventually it worked in my favor. But God, you know, like um, the fact that we're currently in a room which doesn't have much soundproofing, so you can hear the echo of it, and I've got soundproofing the side of the room which I'm going to set up over the next little while. So it's kind of interesting that I like, even though. I can get rid of most of this echo. Mm. That's no issue. Yeah, But it does help having those small things to kind of reduce yeah. what's going on in the ambience of the room so people can hear us. Mm. Um, and, yeah, it's just all, like, slow cost. But knowing where you can get cheap stuff as well, that is still effective. Yeah. Um, knowing what things do because without having that pre-existing knowledge, people just buy expensive stuff and then they go, I don't know how to use it. And I'm like, well, why would you buy it? Like look it up, research and discover. But see, what
0: it there's is. another thing. If you're time poor, <laughs> <laughs> you know you have to have time to do research. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Like I know, yeah, I spent a long time researching what microphone to buy yeah. that was within my budget, um, and that would last. Yeah. Um, like I got a 500 dollars microphone. I love it. Yeah, but it's a Rode. Like,
1: oh, I love Rode.
0: Yeah, and the things I've heard about it is people are still using it after 20 years. Yeah, which would be amazing. You know, um. But yeah, if you don't have the time to sit and do the research, you do just go into the shop and say, Hey, which microphone will do? And you might get upsold, mm. you know, same with clothing, people yeah. who don't have the time to know when the sales are on, you know, how everyone's like, Oh, here's the deals at Woolies and Coles. Yeah. And it's like, hold on. But doing the, having the time to sit and actually go, okay, the discounts are at Coles this week. I can get $20 off my shop at Coles. Um, I need to go on these days. That's time a lot of people don't have.
1: I know. I, <laughs> and then they're like, oh, what's worth the expenses and what's not worth the mm. expenses? Like, you you know, like I went to the framers today and, you know, when you get into stuff professionally framed, you're paying the cost yes. of labour, you're paying the cost of actual wood mm-hmm. and the equipment. So you understand that it's going to cost because it's the size that everything and stuff. So you're, you're paying for a certain, like, yes. quality. Yeah. But if you want to go and pay for a $50 frame, go for it. Go and buy one from Kmart. It's perfectly fine. They're still going to last, but they won't <laughs> last as long because they're not, you know, glued. And together. you
0: probably haven't paid a living wage like you did to the other guy. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, you're probably just going, oh, this was made by a lovely uh, individual in uh, a small country, just like wooded it together, yeah. nailed it and super glued and that's it. Yeah. Um Yeah, and I mean like there are certain things that I always hand, get professionally done and pay mm-hmm. the money worth for it. Yeah. Artwork is one of them, like absolutely love art. But in terms of other things, I'll happily like, get the cheaper end if mm. I can. Because, like, well, I'm going to discount that because it's not. I know that the expensive version is going to last the same amount of time. Mm. And I've just saved like 150 bucks. These marks individually, 750 each. Yeah. But I've got a road as well. These are great for podcasting. The road is not. The road is great for voiceover. Mm. Yeah. So I did my research in what was good for what. Mm. But that's because I had the time. Yeah. And in doing that, I learned stuff about why, you'd, you know, people use them, what the, the suitable they are, how they would be used. Um, and I think that's always kind of like you just, yeah, as you say, you've just got to have the time and mm-hmm. the research and stuff. And I think when you do that, well, worth it. But if you can't do that, ask friends if you can or wait. Yeah, if you've just got someone. We'll just wait a bit. Like it's, if, unless it's time sensitive, just wait a bit because mm-hmm. it, it will benefit you later on when you actually do know what you're purchasing and how much you're not going to get upselled on. Yeah. Because you can also find discounts. These, these microphones do go on sale. I unfortunately didn't get them on sale, but if I'd wait, like I had a time sensitive time to get them mm-hmm. in, but I had a waited, I probably could have got like a hundred bucks off both and paid 650 yep. instead. So, in, you know, there's, there's win and losers, but mm. the fact that, you know, these are great. They do what I love. <laughs> I've been able to record perfectly well with them. And, um, yeah, it's like the, you know, it's just the cost of a good job also helps. A good paying job helps massively. And had I not been working as hard as I have for the last few years, I wouldn't be able to afford. Like, if Mm -hmm. I didn't have the job I did, absolutely wouldn't be able to afford half this stuff. I wouldn't be be doing a podcast. I wouldn't have any of the gear. Mm. So, that is something I do take into that. I've spent the time and money and research. But I also do understand that not yeah.
0: everyone has that. Yeah. yeah. It's like I'm at a point now where I can make sure all my clothes, not all, sometimes you just can't, you can't afford it, but that as much as possible, my clothes are ethically made. Yeah. Um, You know, like I bought shirts from Citizen Wolf. They are not cheap, but they last. Yeah. Like they are organic cotton. They're handmade. They repair them for free for life.
1: Oh, that's awesome. Right.
0: Like, but you know, two years ago, I could not have done that. No. And I totally understand people who would be like, no.
1: Yeah. I mean, if I were to tell myself when I was 19, 20, how much, like, I was earning about three fifty a week. Mm. That was just my average, because um, I worked in a theatre, and now I'm earning way more than that. <laughs> like, it's just, but I remember just thinking that gave me an understanding of, I could only go out once a week. Mm. I couldn't really have that luxury of going out every time. Yeah, And even now, it's like, I discuss it budgets with my partner so we just sit down and discuss how much we're spending and Mm. what expenses we need to take from elsewhere like what can we save money on so there's always these discussions and who does what Mm. and not always going out and getting stuff it's cheaper (laughs) to do it's cheaper to make coffee at home kids do that. <laughs>
0: oh, save the money and buy a good coffee machine.
1: Oh, I really do. I have a good coffee machine. Yeah, and I didn't have coffee for a week because I ordered it, and now it hasn't arrived. So I just went to Coles and got coffee. And so I was like, I'm. It's so much money I'm saving now just making mm. coffee out. so quick.
0: Yeah, if you're having a daily coffee out, like God, save yeah, just, so much buying one. Yeah, it's, a machine it's, that is.
1: Yeah, because you're suddenly like, oh, in the fortnight I could have bought a machine mm. and saved that money. Yeah, it's nice. <laughs> Um, I think this is the perfect time for us yep. to Because <laughs> we're talking about coffee now And I'm like hmm. um. But where can people
0: find you on the internet? Where can
1: people find you on the socials?
0: Look, I'm not many No, I'm many places um, <laughs> I'm just not active on many places uh, So I'm on Instagram Just Rhiannon.Bateman Yeah Um, And I'm on TikTok Don't do much on there as, <laughs> Just exist <laughs> Yep As RhiannonB here Is that really a TikTok? Yeah. But um, also you should follow my dog It's moose.b.chok on instagram
1: i think i do follow your dog my dog's great yeah i, I see a lot of photos of your dog yeah it's, it's great um <laughs> i'm training him i want him to be in the movies <laughs> oh um, but no thank you thank you for coming on Ria. thank you that has been fun um if you want to go and check out more episodes of the things we do you can check them out on apple and spotify i'll be speaking with another guest next week and i'll speak to you all later goodbye bye <laughs>